Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, and this is the Tale of the Tape episode brought to you by Gabe Winslow. Uh, Mortgages by Gabe. Uh, Paul, Paul Wadlington here is alongside me, although he's uh, purposely put something else in his uh, bio area. Uh, and that was not me. That was Paul. That was all you're doing. Paul, welcome to the show. Let's talk a little Tale of the Tape with the uh, Sooners are coming on. Yeah, when it comes to the Sooners, Tale of the Tape worm. Am I right, Bobby? <laughs> There you go. All right. Uh, each and every week, uh, Paul and I try to really try to break it down. Offense versus defense on both sides of the ball. Talk a little special teams as well. Give people a sense of where we think this game might be headed and who holds the cards, uh, perhaps, uh, in this uh, lineup. Uh, Paul, let's start with what I think is strength on strength. The OU offense versus the Texas defense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, OU's been putting up a lot of points, but there has been a little bit of, uh, do you remember the the halcyon days of Texas football, uh, which we're about to start again, if you haven't noticed, but uh, when Greg Davis would sort of do his, I scored 63 on North Texas, but I scored three on OU, but you average it together and it's, it's, it's 33 points a game. That's not bad. Uh, there's not quite that much not quite that exaggerated for OU this year, but, you know, they put up 20 against Cincinnati. They put up 28 against SMU. Uh, then they absolutely blew out, beat the brakes off of Arkansas State, Iowa State, and, of course, Tulsa. You average all together, and it's it's very impressive. But when they play defenses with a defensive line, particularly, they they got held down a little bit. And I think they're about to play by far the best defensive line that they've seen this year and uh, probably the best defensive backs and probably the best linebackers. So uh, I think OU's offense should be respected and Dylan Gabriel, to be clear, this is the best I've ever seen him play uh, five games in a row. Maybe he, he heard some of that Jackson Arnold hype and, and raised his game, but all that said, I think OU's going to struggle to move the ball as easily as they have against the Arkansas States and, and the Tulsa's of the world. Um, you say that. Uh, here's the the real big one to me. Uh, Texas only giving up 94 yards a game rushing. Oklahoma only averaging 151 yards rushing. And a lot of this Jeff Jeff Levy, Art Brile style, style offense is predicated at least on being able to account for the run. Isn't that where it all starts for Texas in, in this game? Stopping the run? It does. And you mentioned strength on strength broadly. But on a narrow scope, the OU interior offensive line against the Texas defensive line is weakness on major strength. Uh, Texas has one of the best two or three defensive lines in the country. OU's interior offensive line has struggled. Uh, Not terribly. They've actually been pretty decent in pass protection, but they really struggle to get push in the run game. Uh, They they benched Savion Bird, who started the year at guard. Uh, And in his place, they actually moved the backup center, uh, who is a transfer from Appalachian State. He's about six. He's listed at six, three, two ninety five. I think that's being optimistic. So what he has done is solidify the line in terms of not blowing assignments. And he gives good effort. But he, McCade, Matower and Andrew Rame, they're not going to get pushed on Byron Murphy, Tavondre Sweat, Alfred Collins. Uh, And I think they're going to. I think they're going to get displaced and dislocated sometimes in the pocket when we really bring it in pass rush. So that's going to be a real problem for OU, particularly because Dylan Gabriel 
is optimistically listed at six feet tall. He's about five foot ten. And he really needs passing windows to see and to throw the ball effectively. Uh, or he needs to throw from depth, which brings its own problems, right? So if Texas can get good rush lane discipline and push the pocket, honestly, you're not just trying to bypass guys, but you're actually pushing them back into the quarterback's face. He's going to have trouble finding passing windows. And that's going to limit some of his efficacy in the deep shots that he's been so good at. Uh, Paul, you mentioned Texas in, in pass defense here. Uh, of course, the pass rush is a priority for Texas, uh, particularly up front where you can push them back into the quarterback, like you just mentioned, and kind of change those passing lanes that they have to find somewhere else to go. Uh, but the passing defense is a little bit different. Uh, OU features the long ball at times. I think I, I kind of got five pass completions for over 50 yards at least this year. Um, yeah. 13 for 20 plus. Yeah, they they are pushing the ball deep uh, when possible. Yet Dylan Gabriel's completing 75% or more of his passes. Uh, the question I have here, Texas's pass defense versus OU's pass offense. Um, Ryan Watts, questionable or day-to-day, they say, uh, as of uh, today uh, in this game. What are your thoughts on, on Texas's pass defense and what the Longhorns need to deploy and or use to, to really counteract what is, I in my opinion, Dylan Gabriel's accuracy is their offensive strength. So if Watts can't go, I think where you miss him is physicality overall, yep. particularly in press and also experience. Watts has played a lot of football. He's played in this game before. He's not going to be rattled coming out of the tunnel. Uh, the good thing for Texas, of course, is we have excellent depth at cornerback, and we've got guys who can replace him. That said, Gavin Holmes, Malik Muhammad, hey Muhammad, as he goes by, uh, they've not played in this game. And if you haven't played in this game, there's a level of hype. There's a level of losing your mind potential that <laughs> that you really can't appreciate until you've played in it. And so, you know, that may be a little bit of an adjustment period. But in terms of a, as a pure talent. I don't think that we're going to have a, a, a drop-off. Uh, I think where the drop-off is is just pure physicality and experience, both things that are very helpful in this game, typically at Dallas. You scared, you, you scared is not the right word. Are you concerned about safety play against the Sooners? I'm not scared of anything about the Sooners. <laughs> what the hell is this? Good Lord. Are you concerned about the Texas safety play? Yeah, no, so it's a legitimate uh, legitimate question. Look, OU watches film. They know Jaron Thompson is more of a 4-6 guy than a 4-4 guy. They know Keaton Crawford can still, despite his experience, he's a fairly experienced guy, but he still can lose his mind in coverage. You saw him uh, against, uh, against Kansas last week playing zone, and he lets a guy run right across his face six yards of separation and it's an easy layup touchdown for Jason Bean. Keaton Crawford's just paralyzed, just got caught watching. And he's, and that's not the first time that's happened. So, you know, Texas has to be aware and I think they might need to firm up some rotations with regards to that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I think you, you may see more Jalen Catalan in this game. Uh, I think, you know, Sarka said, no, Jalen Catalan's not on a pitch count. He's on a pitch count. Yeah. And, and I think this is the game you unveil him uh, because he is an agent of, of mayhem out there running around. And 
He's going to force a fumble. He's going to grab an interception. He's going to do something to to get a woo from the crowd in this game. That's almost guaranteed. I think oh, he's I a guy that steps up. I, I love the woo of the crowd at the at the Cotton Bowl. There's nothing like it. I, you I can, and I have heard it on both sides, and I prefer to hear it from our side. Yeah, well, I've pictured. I, I just, you know, when you said that, I was like, oh, I I know that mental picture that Paul's talking about. Uh, all right, who do you give the advantage to? Texas D, OUO, slight, big. What what are you thinking? I like the Texas D, particularly if we can stop their run game with honest numbers. If we can park two safeties back there and then play man under coverage, uh, where you have man principles short, and then you kind of turn it over to more of a zone concept, the safeties deep. Boy, I think it's going to be hard for Dylan Gabriel to hit those deep shots because he's really biased to the middle of the field on those deep shots. And if you can just have people occupying space there, that'll really dissuade you in addition to getting a decent push on him, right? Where he's maybe having to throw a little bit off his back foot or he's having to, to reset himself in the pocket. And he doesn't get that clean recognition, clean throw that he really thrives on. I think that's going to be a huge factor in the game. I think OU, hey man, they've been scheming this game since the spring game, if not August, all right? They've had a Texas day probably every day uh, when they're playing Arkansas State, Tulsa, et cetera. They're going to come out with a tight script. They're going to come out with some cool ideas on offense to throw us off. The question is, can we limit the damage on that script early? And then when that script runs out, what's OU left with? And if it's Dylan Gabriel improvisation, that ain't going to go well for them, in my opinion. Got it. Um, I want to say, I want to add one thing to, to, to watch for in this game. And I, I mentioned it uh, on State of the Program with Eric Nalene. Jade Barron versus Drake Stoops. He is, Drake Stoops is their uh, safety out, safety net of sorts. Jade Barron's going to be mashed up on him in the slot quite a bit. We'll we'll see exactly what that means, but uh, that that's going to be a, that. I, like I said, I think it's strength on strength. Uh, Paul, before we go to the Texas offense, would you do me a favor and please uh, talk about mortgages by Gabe, uh, our friend Gabe Winslow. Let's talk about strength in the mortgage industry. That's Gabe Winslow, 832-557-1095, or you can go to mortgagesbygabe.com. Over 20 years in the mortgage industry on every side. He's got a law degree, very sharp guy. Uh, He's excellent at what he does, and he is a diehard, passionate Longhorn who lives and dies with the horns just like the rest of us. But that's not why you should call him. You should call him because he's the best at what he does. Pick up the phone, give him a call. He's also licensed in other states, not just the great state of Texas. He's not licensed in Oklahoma, Bobby, but if you happen to be cursed enough to live in those accursed borders of north of the Red River, he'll even help you out there. So give him a call and uh, tell him it's hate week and he'll pro- he'll try to help you out with a special discount. <laughs> Thanks, Gabe, for your for your sponsorship, bud. All right, uh, Texas offense versus the uh, Oklahoma defense. Texas offense gaining, uh, in my opinion, of late, gaining some confidence coming off of uh, uh, Alabama kind of a weak output against Wyoming, it felt like, kind of slept walk through the first three quarters. Uh, but then very consistent output against Baylor and Kansas, in my opinion. Yes, they had some problems in the red zone, uh, but overall, what what are you thinking about Texas, ver- Texas O versus Oklahoma D? So interestingly, Texas scoring output on offense has been the antithesis of OU, right? Every game, Texas has scored in the 30s, and then Kansas was the first time they broached 40 by scoring 40. Uh, Wyoming was probably the worst offensive performance of the season. 
needed a defensive touchdown late to, to put that over 30 to, to 31. But I think we kind of understand what went on in that game. And plus Wyoming's a pretty live dog, uh, you know, props to them. But they've been the antithesis, right, of that OU sort of blowing out bad teams, meh, struggling a little bit against mediocre to, to decent defenses. Oh, you know, Texas has been pretty consistent. And I think that consistency has upticked uh, in the last two weeks, as you said. And I think a lot of that has to do with really good protection from the offensive line and pass protection. I think the receivers and Quinn have been on the same page. Bobby against Kansas, who I think has very good corners. Uh, Quinn was 17 of 21 throwing to Adonai Mitchell and Xavier Worthy. That's what we want. We had no drops from either one of those guys. Uh, that was a big deal to see them on the same page, to see a clean, crisp, dare I use the word crisp, passing game. Uh, and I think that was impressive. And then, of course, not to overlook Jonathan Brooks, who's put together a three-week span that's about as good as any we've seen in a while. And uh, Jonathan Brooks is just, I mean, I know you and I have talked about it. I've written about it. I wrote about it in my preview. He's a difficult guy to describe. You know, people ask, is he a speed guy? No, he's not a speed guy, really. He's not Jamal Charles, right? Is he a power guy? No, he's not a power guy. He's not Rashawn Johnson, you know, just crushing people. Like, what is he? What's he good at? He's good at running the football. I, I don't, there's not a, a sort of descriptive that you can put around it other than he's he's got good pace. He understands blocking. He sets people up. He's He's very deceptive. He looks like he's running upright and then he gets his pad level down when he needs to and then squirts forward for another two yards after contact. Just a really interesting football player. I, I think some of this inside zone stuff that, it, that they're running fits his style um, because he's very patient. I was talking to Mike Perrin, the former UT athletic director on Wednesday, Paul, um, former football player, by the way, for Daryl Royal too. So he's not, he's not just an administrator. He said that he really likes how, uh, Brooks waits for the blocks to develop a little bit. He said that some running backs just shoot through the hole and the blocks haven't really had time to take form yet. Whereas Brooks seems to have enough patience, but not too much. Like he's, he's not slow. He's waiting for it to develop. And then he jets. Is, is that kind of what you're seeing? I, I agree. I think he's a very patient runner. It's the John Wooden expression of be quick, but don't hurry. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.
he, he's quick, but he doesn't hurry. And he never falls into the two fatal flaws of all running backs. One, he doesn't hit it too fast, right? I'm, I'm hyped up. I'm going to break this. No, no, no. Like let your, let your blocking develop a little bit. Let the linebackers drift themselves out of the tackle, right? The second mortal sin of running backs is let's bounce it out. And let's bounce it out early. I see some green out there. I'm going to go attack it. Jonathan Brooks, if you'll notice, when he bounces it out, he always presses it in the hole before the bounce out. And what that does is it draws up the safeties and the linebackers. They lose their angles, their pursuit angle, and then he bounces it out. And I promise you that's his instinct, but I promise you that's also being reinforced by Tashar Choice, who, if you watched him both in college and as an NFL running back, that's what Tashar Choice excelled at. He always pressed it before the bounce out. And he made everyone, those second and third level players, lose their pursuit angle. And you see that from Jonathan Brooks. He's just a sophisticated runner, like the way he does it. And it sounds like a funny thing to call a runner, but he's kind of a higher level dude mentally and instinctively just as a, as a ball carrier. Interesting. Um, what do you think OU's defense uh, will do in this game? What do you think their strengths and weaknesses are against Texas? So I, I think they've shored up their defensive line. I, I still don't think they're great. Uh, they're nowhere approaching Texas or even Cincinnati, for that matter. Uh, but they have improved considerably. Those guys were spares last year, quite frankly. And they just hit the portal and they attacked the problem with volume. I don't think any of their current guys are special. Uh, but through volume, they've been able to address it with effort. I think Venables has also done a good job really installing that defense and getting them to understand the core principles. And, and that shows on the field. Uh, linebacker has been interesting. Danny Stutzman, I think, has improved. He's, he's, he's a quick thinker. So you, you talk about Jonathan Brooks making good decisions. Stutzman makes good decisions as a linebacker. Despite his size, though, he, he, you can run through him sometimes. You can run through his tackles. And uh, that's something to kind of look for in the game. The other guy, Jaron Kanak, who's an amazing athlete, uh, apparently, uh, you know, Teddy Lehman part two. The difference is Teddy Lehman was a good instinctive linebacker as well as being really good at an athlete. Jaron Kanak is more athlete and he's playing Mike linebacker, Bobby. So a misdiagnosis at that position can have dire consequences. And sometimes when you see OU give up a run, it's usually a bad run fit from their linebacker core. Uh, so that's that's something to look at. I think OU is going to bring it. I think they're going to bring blitzing. I think they're going to bring stunts. I think they're going to do everything possible to disrupt our running game, disrupt yours, get him uncomfortable, pressure, get us a little panicky. Uh, I, I just don't see a formula for success where they sit back and let Steve Sarkeesian and Quinn Ewers pick them apart moving up and down the field. I I just don't see that as being successful. So I would say if you're a Longhorn fan, prep yourself for a couple of ugly series where they call the right stunt. It's the right nickel blitz combined with a, a guy coming off from the edge and, you know, two defensive tackles drop into coverage. And just as Quinn is completing his play fake for play action, he's already getting hit. Hey, just, just know that that's going to happen. And we're going to have a couple of those possessions. Also know that when it's third and 12, we're going to hit a 19 yard pass because they're running that kind of stuff. And I think it's going to be give or take. Can we block them up and isolate Worthy and Mitchell downfield? And if we do that enough, good stuff's going to happen. 
OU is going to have to get back footed a little bit. And that's when we can start running the ball and start really taking control of the line of scrimmage. You like Texas O over the OUD or vice versa? Or you think this is more of a closer to a stalemate? I think it's closer to a stalemate, but Texas has the potential to blow it open with explosives as, as we get our sea legs in this game. I also think Sark is going to attack that blitz and some of those schemes with motion and some crazy sets where OU's rules will get broken and you might have a guy running free in the middle of the field. You know, hopefully it's a healthy JT Sanders. Got it. All right. Uh, thanks, uh, Paul. Uh, one more time, I want you to say thanks to our sponsor. Uh, each and every uh, episode of On Texas Football's Tale of the Tape is brought to you by Gabe Winslow. Yep, Gabe Winslow. If you guys watch this and you listen to my pod, you probably know his phone number by heart. I've had people tell me, God, I know two phone numbers in my life, my wife and <laughs> Gabe Winslow. And that number is 832-557-1095. And you know what? When it's time to buy your house, Gabe Winslow is more, more helpful to you than your wife because your wife is going to fall in love with the house because they have a great bath in the master bath. Gabe Winslow is going to get you the best, best possible rate, and he's going to help you out no matter what your financial situation. Pick up the phone, give him a call, find out why he's so good. And we've gotten dozens and scores of thank yous from people. Uh, I think recent, your most recent uh, broadcast was posted on Inside Texas and like unbidden about a half dozen people said, hey, I did a loan with Gabe and it was awesome. He's good people. So that was really nice and fulfilling to see. It's always nice to be supported by good people. Yeah, absolutely agree with you, Paul. Uh, Paul, the other thing that, that we need to get to is special teams. I don't know where to go here, and I'm, I'm going to be blunt. Uh, Burt Auburn, and whether it's the poor snaps, whether it's hitting a thud on a, on a gimme against Baylor, he's kind of lost his way. Texas didn't punt, however, in the Kansas game. So Ryan Sanborn has been a positive. They lost two, they muffed two punts. They've muffed two um, kickoffs. Where's this special teams unit going um, right now? I, I'm concerned about the kicking game more than anything else. Uh, coverage, oh, by the way, the coverage unit's terrific. The kicking game, though, and I mean field goal kicking, the real concern for me right now. Yeah, coverage has been phenomenal. Uh, each week we feature a different running back uh just pasting someone that was Trey, Trey Wisner and then Jaden blue. Uh, I don't think these guys know they're supposed to be dual threat pass catching finesse running backs. They're running down there laying people out. So I love that part. You're right. Uh, look, Bert Auburn's two of six from any attempt, 40 yards of greater. And he was seven of nine last year, Bobby. So this isn't a lack of ability. It's mental or it's, as you said, bad snaps, bad, bad holds. I don't care what the culprit is. The fact is it's not working. Uh, if it's fourth and five and we're on the OU 30, I think that's a go for it situation. I really do. And uh, I think that's how we need to approach it because not getting the three and then giving them reasonable field position after that's just deadly. And a punt is out of the question. I'll, I'll throw something through my TV screen if that happens. So uh, I think that's, we need to look at it that way. I'm, I'm good with them inside 39. I know he did have that bad shank against Baylor. I, I think that can be addressed. Also, a little concerned about the ball security. You're right. Uh, and OU is a game with some nerves involved, right? I mean, we've we've flubbed kickoffs in that game before. Xavier Worthy, as a freshman, uh, had a kickoff fumble in a game that he was otherwise utterly dominating, right? So I just think you need to preach some ball security this week. 
and and talk about its importance and tell Xavier Worthy, hey, man, I know you want to make a play. If the ball's spinning crazy and it's corkscrewing at you and you're not getting a good read on it and the sun's in your eyes, just run 10 feet away and, and let it bounce and we'll deal with the field position. That's better than, than having a fumble and OU first and, you know, first and 10 on our 20. So yeah, you I can't, with, you can't give game. you in this game. You cannot give the opponent free momentum. That yeah. is the biggest thing in this game that, that people don't talk about. You cannot give the other team just free momentum. It's uh, like the momentum of any football game multiplied by a thousand. Yep. And players I've talked to have played in the game say that you can feel the weight of a mistake like it's a thousand pounds on your shoulders in that game. And conversely, if you make a play in that game, they said you feel like a god on the field, like you can do no wrong, like you're invincible. And, and that confidence feeds you. And he said the crazy thing about it is you can have the same feelings within about five minutes of each other. So the key is if you do make a mistake, you got to recover and you, you got to get your confidence back and go out there and get back in the fight. Uh, OU blocked the punt last week. They haven't really, I mean, they're not, I, I don't see this as being special teams advantage either or at this point. Do you, I mean, what, what are your, what are your, talk, your thoughts on it? Obviously, if Burt Auburn goes out there and misses two field goals again, we're going to be talking differently at the end of the game. Yeah, I, I think if there's a team more likely to bring back a punt in this game, it's probably Texas. Is there a team more likely to fumble in the kick game? Probably Texas. So we might have a little bit higher beta than they do. Uh, and I think OU, look, I ultimately, I think offense and defense will determine this game. But Special teams, boy, you don't want to have a critical error. And you don't want to have a critical error. If you're going to do it, do it early. <laughs> get it out yeah. of get it in your system. Uh, don't do it in the early fourth quarter. Yep. All right. Uh, Paul, I appreciate it, buddy. Uh, one last uh, comment here. Uh, you you clearly going with Texas is in, in this game, I would imagine. Uh, Seven-point favorites or thereabouts right now. Uh, you feel good about that line in, in Vegas? It's six and a half at every book. And if you are an Inside Texas subscriber and reader, which you should be if you're watching this video, then you know that I write a betting column every week. And last week, early odds were put out on this, and it was Texas minus four and a half. And I advised everyone to snap that up because it was only going to go up. Since then, it's gone up and it's at six and a half. It's not gone to seven. Seven, as you know, is a key number in betting and for football. I don't know if it will test seven until maybe right before kickoff. It ain't going to seven and a half. So I feel good about Texas up till seven, but I'd much prefer to have four and a half. That's for sure. Uh, Paul, tell everybody if they want more of, of what you have to say about your podcast as well. And then I want to finish with a uh, pro promo of Inside Texas where both you and I write each and every day. Absolutely. The ironically named Everyone Gets a Trophy podcast because no one's going to get a trophy at Texas OU other than the victor. And to the victor goes the spoils. You can go to the Everyone Gets a Trophy podcast. You'll find it wherever you listen to your pods. And I've already got two pods up this week for, for hate week. Uh, both of them kind of taking different angles. One with Joe Cook talking about what this means for both programs globally. And then one with Ian Boyd that just went up where we really break down the matchups and, and get nerdy on some of this stuff. So I'd encourage all of you to listen. And of course, all of you need to be subscribing to On Texas Football. This is the preeminent YouTube Texas football show. Uh, Bobby cranking it out like he's got five jobs every week. And uh, <laughs> I, I love it, dude. I love this stuff. Hey, Paul, let's let's thanks for that. Um, let's also uh, promo InsideTexas.com. 
If you guys don't have a subscription, uh, you might want to think about it because uh, like we Paul just talked about, we have 10 plus articles a day, coverage of all kinds of recruiting news uh, filled to the gills each and every day. Uh, use promo code OTFIT23. That's OTFIT23. Uh, it's an introductory offer right now, $1 for two months, just $1 for two months. Remember, when you do sign up, select the monthly offer uh, and we'll take care of you. All right, Paul, uh, it's something o'clock and OU sucks. I think you, you put it well. Uh, this has been this week's Tale of the Tape brought to you by Mortgages by Gabe. For Paul Wadlington, I'm Bobby Burton. Hook them. Hook them. <laughs>